الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اقرأ باسم ربك الذي خلق سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم So this is uh, day three of the series and today so as a reminder the last the first day we talked about the uh, we talked about the of the ten effective habits of believers we mentioned on day one uh, the habit of waking up early um, yesterday we talked um, about uh, what was yesterday we talked about uh, the habit of being uh, well kept and cleanliness and hygiene and today we're going to touch upon another important habit of people that are highly successful in deen uh, and that is uh, the habit of reading on a daily basis the habit of reading on a daily basis um, in general Islam the deen places a very strong emphasis on reading and this goes back to the time of the first revelation of the cave of Hira. And if you think about it, what was the first command or instruction that was given to the Prophet i.e., what was the first command that was given to this ummah? It was iqra, which is to read or to recite. So from the early days of the deen, from the early moments of the deen, reciting and reading has become a very, uh, has become a very dominant theme within the ummah. Right? It's become very dominant within the ummah. From this came the recitation of the Qur'an. From this came the emphasis of the ummah on making sure that scholarship and tradition and things are kept in books. For instance, the Qur'an was then compiled. From this came, you know, uh, at least centuries ago, Islam, the, the Muslim community were the leaders when it came to literacy. And some of the lar- largest and most prominent libraries which contained printed books were ours. They were from our ummah. You know, for instance, in Baghdad and Cairo and uh, Cordoba in Spain, these are some of the largest, most famous libraries historically, and these all stemmed from this idea that reading and literacy is very important and the deen is highly concerned with it. Um, the advancement of, in general, literature, like how did Europe and South Asia and other parts of the world develop, you know, books and texts to write on? You know, it came from China initially. The Muslim world developed it and developed paper and print and then shared this with the rest of humanity. And this is how, at least in the golden age of Islam, this is how we were the ones that shared this idea and this notion that things should be written down and things should be read and collected for long periods of time. So we've always been highly concerned with advancing literacy. From this came our advancement as a community and how we were the leaders for many, for many centuries. We were the leaders in science and astronomy and medicine and engineering. I mean, all of this stemmed from this notion that we have to excel in our literacy and in reading. And it's important for us also to think about this on a practical level for ourselves. How much time do I spend on a daily basis reading? And I'm using the term broadly. I'm not saying what we're reading. I'm using the term broadly for a reason. Uh, And you'll see why later. But how much time in the day do we spend on simply reading? And if we look at people that are highly effective, if we look within our own tradition, one of the salient features of all of our scholars, historically, it's always been that they loved to read. And they would spend a tremendous amount of time reading. Right? All of, historically, this has been a very prominent theme. 
Um, and if we look even today, people that are highly successful and highly effective at what they do, they spend time reading, right? They spend time reading. Even, even people that are extremely busy will commit a period of time of their day to reading books, to reading books. You know, there was a survey done of uh, very wealthy people. Most of them were millionaires. And uh, 88% of them said that they would spend about 30 minutes a day reading books, right? The majority of these people would spend 30 minutes a day reading books. Now, what they're reading, why they're reading it, it's a different story. Just the notion is that they're in touch with books. Um, And in general, reading has a tremendous benefit to us and and, and our well-being. There's studies that have been done now over the years that show that people that spend a period of their time every day reading, it reduces or has an effect on lowering blood pressure, lowering stress levels, and lowering heart rate. Just reading, right? Reading for a period of time. They did this very large study that was through Rush, which is a very prominent university in Chicago. And they looked at cognitive performance in people later in age. This was published, what, seven years ago in a prestigious journal. And they found that people that spent their years reading and a couple of other tasks but reading was highlighted as one of those major tasks every day they would read they follow and and they 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 realized that people that spent time reading in their life had better cognitive performance later in old age and so they're still deciding and studying does reading actually prevent the development of cognitive impairment and dementias later in life and that's not been proven yet but we see the effects that it has on so many facets of our lives and this is why people do it We know that it sharpens memory, it increases vocabulary, it has so many benefits. Reading has so many benefits. Now, uh, and and in fact, if you look at famous people today, like Warren Buffett, for instance, he's like, what, 90 years old in the Oracle of Omaha? He reads like five hours a day. Like, that's just his general practice. Five hours a day of reading. I mean, think like these people have so many things to do. But this is how they value. Re- this is this is how they value. Um, uh, this is how they value reading. And prominent people in society today value reading. Now, it begs the question for us, right? Like, it's not the question is, uh, are, what are we reading? And I can say with some degree of certainty, we all read a lot, right? Uh, but most of us are reading things that are irrelevant and unnecessary. There was a recent survey that showed uh, it was just just published recently in Tech Radar, I think. This says that the average American in today's day and age, uh, sorry, the average American in 2021 spends about 4.2 hours a day on apps on their phone. The average American spends 4.2 hours, that's one, over one-sixth of our day. Uh, and if you, if you include waking day, it's even more than that. One-sixth of our total 24-hour period we are spending on, on apps. Now, if you think about it, like, what, what in the world are we reading on these things? Like, how much time do we spend reading text messages and articles and, you know, breaking news and all of these things? And ultimately, the question is, like, what benefit does this have for us in the long term? Is it improving cognitive performance? Probably not. Is it improving our health? Probably not. Is it enriching us? Unlikely. In fact, there's another study that was very interesting, and it showed that the majority of, about 50% of the time that we spend on our devices and reviewing apps, these are times spent on things that are actually not making us happy. So it's actually not even bringing us happiness and contentment either. So why are we, why are we doing this? I mean, there's reasons. There's an addiction, etc., and there's, uh, there's, a, there's a economical and financial reasons behind why we've all become addicted. But just... Four, a little over four hours a day. 
Um, and that number has increased about 30% from two years ago, 2019 to 2021. And that number is going to continue to increase. I mean, so we're reading a lot. But, you know, it makes us, it makes us wonder, like, if I, have the, if I have four hours to read things that for the most part are probably not beneficial, that for the most part if someone were, to, if I was to ask you, what were you reading on your phone three months ago, all of us would say, I don't know, I don't remember what I read. It was just some tweet that came, some message that came, some article that came. It's just transient, comes and goes, comes and goes, and has very little benefit. If I can spend four hours a day reading things that are relatively unimportant, then how am I going to answer to Allah Ta'ala on the Day of Judgment when I, when I don't have the hours of Qur'anic recitation to show to Him? I can't say that I don't have time. I can't say that I'm too busy because evidently I'm, I've found time to read things. It's just I'm probably reading the wrong things. I'm probably reading those things that are not benefiting me neither in this life nor in my akhirah. So we should think about our relationship with reading. Number one, what are we reading? Like, what are we reading? Where are we reading these things? And is it making us effective human beings? And is it making us effective believers? Uh, and these are important questions to ask ourselves. Now, there's a question that arises, well, okay, so let's say that I'm involved in reading. Is it better for me to read things on my tablet or on my phone, or is it superior to read things in books? Um, and the habits of people that are highly successful and people that commit 20 or 30 minutes a day to reading, if we look at their biographies and their lives, even in, the, in today's day and age with all the technology that we have, most of these people read out of physical books, not out of tablets and e-readers and on browsers and screens. And there's many reasons for this. And I'm going to just highlight a couple of these things so that we reflect upon it, right? And we, we recognize that there's a value to a physical text and a physical book of something when we're choosing to read. There's value to this. For one, it's easier on the eyes. Uh, you know, in general, uh, electronic screens, when we're reading on these screens, it disrupts, um, it disrupts our sleep-wake cycle. It affects that light, uh, that, that unnatural light actually affects our cognition as well. Um, it, uh, that's number one. Number two, a physical book creates less chance of distraction. Right? When, when we say that it's important to read 20 or 30 minutes a day of something, that's uninterrupted time. That's not, you know, while I'm, uh, a text message pops up on the top of my screen, some notification, some app alerts me. This is protected time of 20 or 30 minutes of reading that has all of these benefits. And that's nearly impossible with electronic forms of reading. Um, it, it's interesting, they, they looked at comprehension in like college students that were reading PDFs on a screen and they printed the PDF and gave it to another group of people. And they tested comprehension. And people that had a printed PDF were, able, were comprehended more material than those that had the same information but it was on a screen. Because the ability to navigate things on a screen when it comes to text, it's much more challenging. Uh, and it, it, the way to think about it is, you know, when we're reading on a screen, eventually I'm going to tie this into Qur'an, so we're coming back, back to that in a minute. But when we're looking, reading, let's say, a book on a screen or an art, a lengthy article on a screen, we only have one virtual page to look at. That's it. And that virtual page looks like any other page, right? It feels the same. It's an iPad, a, a Kindle, a, a laptop. Whatever. It's the same thing that we can read the Quran on. It's the same thing that we can read uh, Shakespeare on. It's the same thing that we can read, you know, uh, pointless text messages on. It's the same exact virtual page that we're looking at. And, uh, but, but, but a physical text has a significant advantage in that, one, you can hold it and feel it. There's some tactility to it. And you know what you're dealing with. If I want to flip back a few pages, I can do it quickly and see where I am and flip forward a few pages. You know, there's a really good analogy. If we were going through a hike, let's say through the woods, 
and uh, we're walking through the hike. Imagine that you could not see anything behind you as you're going through the hike on this journey, and you can't see anything ahead of you. All you see is what's just immediately around you. And once you pass that, you only see what's immediately around you. You'd say, what kind of a hike is that? What kind of a journey is that, right? Because you only see one screen. The same thing happens when we're looking at things on electronic devices, is that we only see one virtual page. Everything before us has vanished, everything after us has vanished. You know, there's another analogy they use is, imagine using Google Maps. I'm sure we've all used the, the app Google Maps. Imagine if you had to navigate Google Maps by only looking at like the, the, the very close-up view of a city where you go street to street to street. But you didn't have the ability to zoom out and be able to see things broadly, zoom back into a different region, zoom in and zoom out. Imagine if we didn't have that ability. I mean, that's, that would be very difficult to use and navigate. And virtual books and, and, and reading things, let's say articles and web pages, etc., it's the same sort of notion. You don't, have the op- you, don't have the, you don't have the ability to see it all at once, whereas a physical book and a physical text we have the ability to do. They looked at uh, children. This is like seven, eight years ago. They studied children between the ages of three to five, and they had parents read to them either physical books, like you know, fictional little stories, or uh, these uh, electronic books. And uh, they asked, and then they assessed the comprehension, the child's ability to retain what was actually taught or what was in those books. And the ones that had uh, the physical books read to them retained and comprehended more material and more information. Now, this isn't to negate the convenience of electronic forms of reading, even the form of Qur'an, for instance, on an iPad. This isn't to negate that. It has convenience when we're traveling. You know, we can put a lot in one space. It, it can have a lot of benefit, and I'm not downplaying or negating that at all. All I'm highlighting is that when we're talking about committing a set portion of time to reading so that we can get the benefits that are supposed to be derived from reading, there's more value in reading a physical copy of something than trying to ascertain that same benefit from an electronic version. And this has been studied and proven. Now, for, now let's circle back here. For us as believers, what does it mean, right? Like, what sort of literature and reading should we be doing? Now, obviously, there's a lot of the other non-fictional and fictional readings that are beneficial for us, and these have... Uh, methods of uh, these these have the ability to reduce stress etc but we are very blessed in that we have the best book that's ever been written in the history of the world the quran is the word of allah and no author's words can ever compare to the word of allah we have the ability to recite and read physically the quran not only do we have the quran we have the tafasir of the quran right volumes and volumes and volumes of people that have written uh, very qualified people that have written extensive uh, you could say uh, commentaries in the Quran that are just enlightening, right? I mean, they're just better than any book that anyone can read. We have the Sirah, the Prophet ﷺ, that honestly is worth re- reading every single year, right? At least, I mean, repeating that review every single year. We have stories of the Sahaba, stories of the scholars. We have we have um, interpretations of Hadith, etc. And all of these, we have the readings of Imam Ghazali and Ibn Al Qayyim, rahimahullah. I mean, our body of literature is so powerful. That if we just spent 15 or 20 or 30 minutes every day just reading from this collection, it would fulfill us in ways that we can't even imagine. We would become effective. It would increase our understanding of deen and the world in general. 
So we should be we should begin to think about how much time am I spending reading things that are potentially irrelevant to me and most of these things occur on our phones and on the TV screens etc and how do I channel some of that energy into reading things that are actually beneficial for me now that extends into things that are outside the fold of deen there is benefit to reading things at the library and reading things on you know for instance investments and reading things on uh, well-being and reading books that are written on these topics and you know and engineering they're all beneficial we should do all these things. Um, but just to highlight, we have, we have an ocean of things that we, that we can read. So I want to bring this back now uh, and just highlight a couple of practice points before we summarize, right? The first practice point is that we should, a goal should be, and this is for everyone, uh, a goal should be that we should try to recite at least 15 Qur- minutes of Qur'an every day. At least 15 minutes of Qur'an every day. Now, what's amazing is not only do we get the dunyawi benefits of reciting Qur'an, for instance, the focus, the increase in cognition and memory that comes from reading and the, and the, the long-term benefits that, uh, that it has on our brain. You know, when a person reads, there's like 17 different regions of the brain that become activated. It really does sharpen the skills of cognition. So we should spend at least 15 minutes reciting the Qur'an. Not only do we get the benefits that we would get from any other text, but on top of that, there's so much reward associated with it. Right? The Prophet said that a person who recites even one letter of the Qur'an gets the reward, gets ten rewards. Gets ten rewards. And this is not even, this is irrespective of if I understand the Qur'an. Yes, it's obviously very important to, for us to read Qur'an, to, to eventually learn the Qur'an in a way that we can understand it. But in the hadith in which he mentions that you get ten rewards per letter, he says, I'm not saying alif lam mim is one letter. I'm saying alif harfun wa lam harfun wa mim harfun. Each of those three letters, you get thir- uh, 10 rewards each. That's 30 for saying alif lam mim. And what's interesting, he says alif lam mim to highlight nobody really knows the meaning of alif lam mim. But you get reward for even reciting a portion of the Qur'an in which you don't even understand the meaning. So we should try to spend time every day reciting the Qur'an. Now again, Ideally, we should recite the Qur'an with a physical Qur'an, right, in our hands, if, if possible, rather than using electronic versions. There's benefit to electronic, but the physical mushaf has its beauty. This is what the tradition has been using for centuries. This is what people have compiled. Again, going back to this notion, when I have a virtual page in front of me on, for instance, an electronic screen, I can't, this is the same screen I'm seeing, whether I'm looking at a website, or I'm watching a YouTube video, or I'm watching Netflix, it's the same. But the physical Qur'an has its beauty and barakah with it. It has the opportunity to feel the pages of the Qur'an. So if we want to try to feel the weight of the Qur'an, ideally we'd spend these 15 minutes a day trying to recite from a physical mushaf. And I'm telling you, there will be tremendous, tremendous benefit in doing so. The second practice point is that we should spend, there's obviously many, many practices that we can take from this idea of reading. You know, for instance, spending 20 minutes a day reading something that is... Um, increases your knowledge of, of whatever field you're in, reading something in the morning so that it decreases stress levels. But I, I, we can't talk about all of those. So one is the Qur'an. The second thing is we should spend time in libraries. We should spend time in libraries. Libraries are places where printed material are kept on bookshelves. And unfortunately, we're, we live in a day and an age where things are digitized, where people are less are not visiting the library as much as, as much as it used to be. But the more time we spend in libraries, the more likely it is that we are going to at, develop an attachment to reading and books in general. You know, and it, it's appropriate to go and read books off the shelves and sit down for 10 or 15 minutes and get enlightened by the th- ideas and thoughts. You know, many famous people would say, Malcolm X talks about the importance of reading, right? May Allah have mercy on his soul. Um, but many, many very prominent people from the past would say that there's no problem that is new in the world. 
No problem that you're experiencing, that I'm experiencing, or that, the, or that the world is experiencing, that's new. There's no such thing. It's all there. It's all in history. All you have to do is pick up the books and read history, and you will find that history repeats itself, and the solutions to all problems are there. Obviously, for us, there's a Quran, which is as well as there. So there is value in spending time in libraries, and we should support libraries. We should encourage our children to go to the libraries and take books off the shelves physically and read them. Nowadays, most kids' reading is just all done on screens and spend 45 minutes in front of an iPad and read it, but it's actually reading to you. I mean, that's not going to enhance their vocabulary and comprehension. It's not going to benefit us. So we should support libraries. Uh, and we should visit libraries, we should spend time in libraries, we should take books off of the shelves of libraries, read them, read uh, things that are beneficial, and we should encourage our children to read physical books as well so that it increases their comprehension, their vocabulary, and their attachment to reading. Now, this isn't to say that we should be bookworms that spend 24 hours, 30 hours a day reading fiction novels and things like that. That's not what we're talking about. What I'm highlighting here in particular is just 15 or 20 minutes a day, out, in addition to the Qur'an, we read something that's beneficial. It could be seerah, it could be the stories of the Sahaba, it could be a book from the library that enhances our understanding of the world, or, or whatever, whatever may benefit people. Um, so we should, we should try to be particular about this as well. So uh, this is what I wanted to highlight, the importance of reading, and how this is one of the habits of people that are highly effective in this world. This historically has been a habit of highly effective Muslims and our scholars, and certainly this is exemplified with the first command that was given to us in the Qur'an, which was iqra, which is to read and to recite. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq to develop a relationship and a deep relationship with the Qur'an and uh, other uh, books of deen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to uh, take the benefits that are intended to be uh, from, from collections and readings. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, protect all of us and our families and attach ourselves to things that are beneficial. Wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.